welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of your life, personal, spiritual and professional. We seek to do this through our Catholic coaching programs for women, the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our online courses and our Catholic Women's Summits, which we have one coming up in just under a couple of months. So stay tuned for that exciting announcement. If you would like to find out more about any of these initiatives, can I invite you to visit our website, www.geniusproject.co. Ladies, we are kicking off the Catholic Women's Masterclass in just under a week and I would love to invite you to join with us for this beautiful masterclass where we deep dive into establishing rhythms of renewal, rhythms in our life that will see us flourishing and stepping into the fullness of who God created us to be. If you'd like to find out more about that, once again, please visit the website or send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. Ladies, on today's episode of the Genius Podcast, I am interviewing Kelly Shoup. Kelly is a pediatric occupational therapist and she does a lot of work around helping women to understand their sensory profile, how they actually show up and operate in the world. She specifically works with mothers with children, but in this conversation, we look at how this knowledge and information can be transferred into all of our relationships and our lives. So ladies, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Kelly and myself. Well, Kelly, welcome to the Genius Podcast. You're joining us all the way from Texas today. So welcome, it's lovely to have you with us. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. It's, um, it's, I'm looking at your painting behind you and your summery clothes. You're on the complete opposite spectrum to where we are here in Australia. We're in the thick of winter and it's freezing and everybody's been sick. I'm just recovering from the flu. So my voice is still a bit croaky, but um, it's lovely. I'm looking at your painting thinking, I want to jump over there. <laughs> yes. So we're, you're um, saying it's really hot. It is hot, but everything's green. I'm a big outdoor person. So it's, it's a nice um, time of year, isn't it? You just feel yeah. better in summer. I just feel happy in summer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Kelly, it's wonderful to have you with us. And we're going to dive into a conversation looking at, I guess, how we can grow in self-awareness today and then how we can show up in our own lives and the lives of the people that we're doing life with. Now, I first came across you, Lisa Canning was doing a bit of a plug for some work that you had done with her and she found it really helpful. She has nine children, so she's a seasoned mother, but she, even at this point in her mothering journey, found what you had to offer incredibly helpful, incredibly rich for how she was showing up as a mum. But what your work in terms of being an occupational therapist isn't just limited to working with mums and children is it it sort of has a broader effect working with women in the workforce helping them understand themselves and I guess the women they work with so I'm looking forward to this conversation but before we dive in I'm wondering if you'd share a little bit about your background who you are and how you came to be doing this work yeah so um I'm Kelly Shoup and I am lifelong Catholic I am the middle child of three I have always had a passion for young kids. I was a babysitter. I ran a preschool out of my family's yard when I was in middle school to um, get people to babysit for. And I nannied in college. 
um, I have a business degree and then um, found business wasn't going to be what I wanted to pursue. So I took a hard left and started pursuing occupational therapy. And so um, it deals a lot with the different systems of the human body. Occupation means job, but I don't help anybody find a job. I don't know anything about resumes. Yeah. The, the meaning of job and um, what I do is an activity that has value or purpose in that person's world. Mm -hmm. And so those are the occupations. So I help kids and parents do purposeful, meaningful activities that um, make their life full. And one of the ways that occupational therapists, I know a lot uh, about different systems. So the sensory system is an area that if you don't have problems with it, maybe, or if you haven't had a child or somebody that you work with who is super sensitive, you would never have really um, known that much about it. But it's the senses in our body which register information from the environment. So our eyes, our hearing, what we touch, our tactile system. And there are actually two other movement and um, a balance system. Mm -hmm. And so I look at all these things, how a person registers input from the environment, how it goes into their body, into their brain, into their nervous system, and then how that person reacts from that information. Mm -hmm. And so I am very hearing sensitive. Okay. So for adults, for um, any living human who has not heard of this, this is such great information because you learn about yourself and you learn what type of environment you function best in. And we also help you figure out, okay, well, if I'm sensitive to hearing, I don't want to do the business conference that's going to be at a music fest. Mm. <laughs> Let's think of another idea. So it's giving you strategies and solutions to set yourself up based on your unique sensitivity. So um, a lot of people are like, oh my goodness. So I was just coaching a mom who also is a businesswoman and she had just been on a, on a trip and at, was at a business dinner, lots of people, it was noisy. And she left early and was, was feeling bad, feeling guilty, I should have stayed, what was wrong with me? Well, that was just too much for her body and her nervous system. She was overloaded, overstimulated. She'd gone to the bathroom and she was like, I have to go home. So she was feeling like something was wrong with her. And I said, no, I said, this is a very normal response. This is God designed you with a specific sensory system. He made you unique. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to, you know, don't feel bad about it. We're just going to say, okay, well, this is what I need to do. I was here for part of the dinner and now I need to leave. And it's a, it's a health reason because we want you to feel safe, calm, your nervous system saying, everything's okay with me. I'm good. But different stimuli can change that and how important that is for every person in every environment.
Mm. It's so interesting listening to you speak. I, I think what you picked up on, you said that woman sort of said, what's wrong with me? And I think yes. so often we measure ourselves and our functioning, our productivity, our parenting, whatever it is, against what we perceive is the norm and perceive what everybody expects. But I think if we're truly going to live into the fullness of who God's created us to be as women, this is a really critical part of the puzzle is understanding his unique design and, and actually embracing that. Because I think when we deny our innate design, our innate motivational design, that's when we start to move into that territory of resentment and burnout and utter exhaustion because we're operating in a spirit that's just unnatural to us. And that has a really significant impact, like you mentioned, on our health, but just on what we're able to do, how we're actually showing up in our relationships. If we feel like we're on the back foot and we're, we're constantly pushing against something that's not natural, that's not actually healthy, is it? And I think a lot of women. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, so once we understand, and again, you know, God designed us to be unique, but also sane. So I understand the ways that we're sane in that we all have a heart, our lungs pumping, we have blood and muscles, but God absolutely created us with that unique piece. And when we leave it behind, and try to act like other people, we, we just don't have the creativity. We don't have the capacity to live in the fullness of God. And so, yes, I'm, I have a phrase that I say with my young kids that I teach them, and it's called, because I'm me. Mm. So because I'm me, I'm going to have to leave the music recital early because it will hurt my ears or because I'm me, I'm going to have to do such and such, but it's learning to be okay with that uniqueness of you and to communicate it to others. And when we get that and live from that, it's so healthy and freeing and great stuff happens. Mm. Do you see that in the lives of women? Do you see the difference between a woman who's really pushing against her innate design and then the woman who's really embraced that? What, what do you oh, see for sure. in terms of the difference? Yeah. How does that show up in each of those women's lives? Well, usually parents find me and they are overwhelmed, mm. exhausted. They are trying to keep up at a pace. And they're usually over-functioning, overdoing. They're reading the parenting books. They're Googling. They've got their kids in a million different activities. And so I tell them, let's, let's back up and breathe. And for women, you know, we're receivers. Mm -hmm. And we're, we want to be in the being mode versus doing mode. And so usually I'll back off a few layers of what a parent, what a mom is doing. And immediately she feels better. Oh, you mean I don't have to go to 17 activities with my three kids? I'm like, no, they're fine. So I also want her to use her intuition. Again, it's all the innate qualities that a woman has that makes her, those are her superpowers her intuition, her receptivity, her sensitivity. Women are so sensitive. So when I give parents permission, give women permission to be who they really are, they feel 
instantly more self-confident, relief, and just so much better. And so they show up so much better to their kids. Mm. But I also think today's world says the opposite uh, is how to parent. Mm. And so it's, you know, partnering with these parents and walking with them for enough time for them to see the difference that they feel better to see the difference in their kids. Oh my goodness. There's so much more peace in my house. Everybody is better. There's more harmony. So yeah. So good. So good. And you must get, that must be, a, give you a real buzz. Just empower. Oh, I love it. And giving yeah. you the skills. Cause I think for so many of us, whether women are married with children or not, I think all women we're raised in a particular way on a particular trajectory, but we're not given the tools and the skills and the formation that we need along the way to cope with the life that sometimes we find ourselves falling into, whether that's with a career or with parenting or religious life. There does come a point where we actually need to evaluate the building blocks on which we're building a life. And what you're saying is that's often the moment that you're receiving these women is where they've realized all their building blocks are crumbling and they're not actually able to keep up. So for the woman, Kelly, who's really, I guess, on that treadmill of just, I have to keep going, I have to keep going, what advice would you have for her, whether she's a parent or not, just in terms of that hustle culture, that productivity culture that just keeps us going at this breakneck pace? What's your advice to women? Yeah, just the first thing would be for her to evaluate what, you know, what do you want this to look like at the end of a year, at the end of five years? And then is it realistic to think that you can keep up this pace for five years? And then also, um, I always ask parents, if I could have it all my way, it would look like this. So can she answer the question of what would I really want it to look like in an ideal? How much activity would I be doing every day? What would my morning routine look like? Mm. And then once she has an understanding of what that is, then we can talk about how to get it. Mm. Um, but it's amazing how quickly women, if you give them permission, and I think again, because of the way we are raised, we're like, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to fail. So I don't know if I can do this. And my job is always, you can do this. Yes, you can try something new. We can try something different. It can look different for you. And so a lot of times I just give them the permission to, to start it. And then they're amazed how much better they feel, how things actually are so much smoother. Mm. You know, it's amazing when they start living from the fullness of them, how quickly good things start to happen or something they've been struggling for, for two years, it showed up in two months Mm. when they're living in the true, truest them. Mm. I like what you said is starting at that place of what would it look like if there were no limitations or obstacles what would that life look like and I think so often I know for myself once you hit the 40s and you have children and you've got business or career whatever it is you just feel like you're on this trajectory of just getting up every day and going through the motions and I think that we can forget that we actually have enormous power over our own life 
you know, we are called to co-create. We actually have that mandate from God to be co-creators with him. So he's given us this amazing intellect and will. He's given us our creativity, our imagination. And Joan of Arc says, I see God in my imagination. So he's given us these gifts. And I think that it would be great, like you said, to give women the permission to embrace those gifts, to realize that you actually can start to create a life. You know, we hear the term thrown around, create a life by design, not default. I think that's so true. It rings true for me that if we sit and we have a bit of time in prayer, we sit before the blessed sacrament, we ask the Lord to show us these things, inevitably they will come. I love that scripture in Habakkuk, without the vision, the people perish. So we need a vision to walk to work towards in our life, whether it's in parenting, whether it's just in our single life, religious life, we need that vision and God wants to give that to us. But we also need to carve out the time and space so that we can receive that vision for our own life. So I love that as the starting point. And then moving from there, it's like, okay, what can we do to help you create that life? What are the skills and the tools? You use the word routine. And I think this is really important and I know children thrive in routine. Um, so, you know, if we're living in a household of chaos, I don't think that's good for anybody, even if you are a bit more of a relaxed person. But these routines help structure our day, structure our life. They give us these rhythms. And the rhythms have a very gentle way of just moving us to the next thing and helping us grow and progress. So in terms of what you see in the lives of women, what are some of those routines that are really critical to, I guess, help lay that foundation to help them get started in creating this life? Well, I think the first thing is to know their specific rhythm. Mm. And so, you know, that is a very unique thing. Some of us function at a faster pace. Some of us need a morning to have coffee and their pace is slower. So you have to, again, be aware of, okay, how do I like to run fast or am I kind of a slow, more methodical? Um, and then, you know, I, for me, it's, I need to get up first thing in the morning and, um, you know, ground myself in God and get my mind in a good place, get kind of, okay, this is where I'm headed today. And then of course, leave room for the Holy Spirit and grace. Like, here's what I'm thinking I'm doing, but I'm also available, God, if, if we need to do something else. So women are just natural, you know, we're kind of not from A to B, we just kind of float and flow and it's a very irregular path. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of going, however that looks, I always say, I kind of have a firm boundary, but there's a lot of flexibility yes. built in. And so again, that's what I help moms, parents, young girls, kids understand is this is where we're heading, but there's a lot of ways you can get there. And I have parents who have said, you know, I'm more of a free spirit, or I really don't want a scheduled routine. I want freedom, freedom from all of that. And it's helping women, parents understand with a little more schedule, you're actually getting more freedom 
to do this, more freedom. It's not freedom from, it's freedom to have more ability to be outside to hike if you want. It's more freedom to have your coffee and time in scripture before you, you know, start your day. So it's kind of getting that shift of you're not having something taking away. It's actually an opportunity that's going to give you more freedom to have more of what you want, mm. which is, I think, always speaks about God. He's a God of abundance. He's not a God of scarcity and taking away. He has more resources, more, I mean, it's amazing. So when we go in that flow, in that direction with him, there's always more. And so, yeah. I love, I love that you pick up on that abundance versus that scarcity mindset, because so much of the time we feel like we're scrapping for every moment, but it's that, mm-hmm. that shift in the mindset. And we do this in our coaching with women is helping them to, I guess, rewrite some of those scripts that are going through their mind around time and energy and God's grace and how the day is going to look. And I love that you say just starting that day, I know for myself, I need to be up before the children, I need to be showered, have done a bit of exercise and have my prayer time before they wake. If it happens in reverse, it, I just feel like I'm on the back foot. <laughs> and there's a Yes, yeah. yeah. There's a beautiful quote that says that first hour is the rudder for the rest of the day. So that first hour, how we spend that first hour really sets us up to thrive for the rest of the day. And like you said, having flexibility and also understanding yourself, understanding how, what you need. So if you're an introvert, having that time is going to be really important. Um, And understanding how the people in your family or the people you work with operate as well and when you were sharing there I I thought of a funny story just with my husband when we were married in our early days we did a lot of traveling a lot of speaking we're very different so he would like to get to the airport a couple of hours before the flight minimal luggage whereas I've actually been known to turn up at Sydney airport as they're calling my flight (laughs) and I'll take as much as I can I'm like I'm nice they'll let me take extra bags (laughs) And so this created a lot of tension early in our marriage because, and I just get irritated because he wasn't like me. And so that didn't help until I realized maybe I could yield a little bit. Maybe I could be a bit more organized because it helps him because his nature is more sensitive, likes to be organized. So I think that's a really important principle that sometimes in life, in our relationships, we get irritated by the differences But if we're truly Catholic, if we're living this life in terms of walking with the Lord and wanting to grow into the fullness of who he's created us to be, we have to almost have a shift in how we perceive our differences, that our differences are actually an invitation. And John Paul II talks about this invitation to love, that he talks about the definition of love is we won't find our fulfillment when we seek our own ends. We find our fulfillment when we seek to make a gift of ourselves in love. And so it's just really good to reorient women back to that focus that in everything we do, whether it's motherhood, parenting, work, ministry, our focus is that we are there to serve. We're there to serve in a spirit of love. And what that means is also seeking to understand the other instead of judging the other. And I think that's a really important point to just highlight before we move into understanding, I guess, different sensory profiles and how we operate, how our kids operate. Yeah. So so one other thing I wanted to say is, you know, usually your spouse is so different from you. 
usually your kids, one at least is so different from you. And again, that's God's way of growing you, like letting you get out of your comfort zone. It's how he draws you towards heaven, because that's how we have to, um, you know, give of ourselves and love differently, have a different perspective. We're growing in virtue. And so again, it's that God's design of, okay, I can't leave you here in all of your, all the things that just you want. I need to keep growing you. And sometimes it's really bumpy, but I'm like, actually, if we just think, okay, this is the way God's growing me today is to deal with my five-year-old who has a different brain than I do. And so, mm. yeah, it's um, so interesting, challenging, but also, I mean, I'm sure with your kids, you can look back now and think, wow, have they changed me and your oh, husband yeah. <laughs> compromising that flex. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would like to challenge the Catholic Church. They say marriage is a vocation. I think parenting is a vocation because, well, I obviously we understand the sacramentality of marriage, why it's a vocation. But um, I, I look at parenting, I think you can still be selfish in marriage. Parenting really doesn't permit that too often. Like you are called beyond yourself in a in a phenomenal way that stretches yeah. and I am not the yeah. same person that I was my kids have changed me for the better it's been immensely difficult at times that I know when I first we couldn't have kids for six years and we had three in three years and we're like okay sisters please stop praying <laughs> now. yeah because it was just they came boom 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 and now they're sort of hitting adolescence boom 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 and it's like whoa this is amazing and and each season and each stage, you have to reevaluate and redefine yourself as a woman, as a mother, in terms of your skills. So I'm wondering if you can talk us through, Kelly, you do some work with women and mothers in terms of this understanding their sensory profile. And I know that you do that with women in the workplace too, so they can understand the people that they're mentoring and working with. Can you share a little bit about what that is in terms of personally and then how as women we can understand the profile of the people that are in our sphere of influence? Yeah, so every human has seven senses. Um, the Catholic Church says five, but occupational therapists, since we spent so much time working with um, parents, people who you know, with our senses, we look at this area. So it's our sight, our hearing, our taste, our touch, our um, vestibular system, which has to do with movement, and then our proprioceptive system, which has to do with our body awareness. Do we know what our body's doing and where it's at? And this is how a human takes in information from their environment, is through their senses. And we can have sensitivities to one sense or two senses, or I have a child who is very sensitive in almost all of her senses. Mm -hmm. She can smell something a mile away. She has hearing that's super um, sensitive and it's fantastic, but it also means her body, her system gets exhausted and overloaded because all this information is coming in to her body. And so I have to be aware of, okay, she's gonna tire out early. 
So I have to make arrangements. You know, I have to leave early with her. I might have to find somebody who can come get her to take her from an activity early because the senses register in our nervous system. And so in our safety system. So I describe it in your body as everybody kind of has a thermostat point. So you set your thermostat at whatever this level is. And then the air conditioner kicks on if it needs to cool the house to get it down to that level or the heater kicks on if it's cold to get you to stay at that level. So every human's body is doing this all the time, taking in information from their senses, their nervous system, their brain is registering. Okay, do I need to do something to feel a little bit more balanced and calm and a-okay in my body? Do I not need to do something? Um, adults will kind of do things like uh, 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 twirl their hair or um, uh, tap their foot. There's all these kind of behaviors that we do and it's all trying to balance our system in order to stay in an a-okay, calm, everything feels good in my body. And so once parents, workers, women, anybody takes kind of, I have a, um, a quiz that I say, okay, I want you to answer these questions about yourself and you learn, oh my goodness, hearing bothers me. Well, no wonder I get exhausted when I'm at an outdoor music festival mm -hmm. or another one that I'm sensitive to is movement. So I get car sick. If I go to an amusement park, I can't ride a roller coaster or go on the merry-go-round. Mm -hmm. So it's just learning about yourself. So you'll know, okay, I'm not, there isn't anything wrong with me. I'm not being antisocial if I don't, you know, stay at the music festival from start to finish. I'm just doing what I need to do to make my body feel okay. Mm -hmm. And for young kids, they can't articulate and have a more difficult time figuring out, okay, what do I do if I'm overloaded and my system is, you know, starting to shut down? Usually they'll cry or they'll have a tantrum or a meltdown. Yeah. And so um, it's helping understand their bodies had too much. We need to, you know, take them out, give them a break, get a chance to reset our body. Yeah. yeah. And, and because we, we live in our body, I mean, you know, we are, our body is part of us. It's so important to understand how to support our body in the best way. And a lot of, a lot of parenting coaches work with mindset, but I'm all about the body work also. So I actually come from a body first approach. I want to make sure all the systems in the body are registering calm and okay. And then, then the thoughts and mind work from there. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You pick up on that. Like you said, people often might start with mindset, but with children, they're not really in touch with their mindsets and it's very hard to get there until you've calmed that nervous system down and the reality is we are created as a unity of body and soul so we have to work with both and it's just about becoming more integrated and understanding what's going on in our mind 
but also in our body. And I, I love that you pick up on that. I know I've done these training to become a Catholic coach through Metanoia Catholic. And we look at mindset training and how, you know, we have a circumstance, a thought, and that thought then becomes a feeling. And then that drives what's happening in our life. And these feelings are very much, the feelings we feel in our body are very much, I guess, embodied thoughts. So calming that system down so that we can tap into and step back really and have a look at what's going on is, is a really important point. I know it's yeah. um, for most, you know, when like young kids at three or four years old, their brain doesn't even have the capacity no, not at to, all. to do that yet. And again, it's a, I think it's a safety thing that, our body is first reacting and our mind can't override it yet. And so I, I work with parents on, okay, let's, you know, I, I want every human to understand their sensory system and know what feels okay for them when they feel safe. And part of that is not overriding. So a parent can often say, okay, I want my child to finish everything on their plate well, okay, that's fine, but we don't know what's registering as full for that child. So more important for me is that that child, their stomach might be saying we're full. So I want them to listen and to have that capacity that learn to have agency over their body to know what, what does safety feel like for me? What does being calm, what does that feel like in my body? Because when we know it, then we'll find the environment out in life that also allows us to feel that way. And that's how we're going to show up as the best worker, the best mom, the best sister. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually, I was having a conversation with my brother the other day, his daughter sort of reaching the end of college and trying to look at what she's going to do with the rest of her life. And we were just reflecting on the world, how when we were younger, you just went to your feeder school and then you just went into a job and you just did these things. And I look at my kids, I've always been really big on helping them to discover their unique gifts and their strengths And then my husband and I really foster the development and the nurture of those unique gifts and strengths, because if we help, we can help our kids understand those things, then they can move into occupations that are aligned with those natural innate gifts. And I think that's so important. It's also what you're saying here with understanding their emotions and then the environments that they place themselves in. And, you know, we can get our kids churning out of college with brilliant IQs and earning a packet, but really emotional intelligence is one of the greatest gifts that I believe we can give our kids, helping them to understand their body, understand their emotions. But before we can do that for them, we have to be able to do it for ourselves first. So in your work with mums, when they turn up on your doorstep and they're overwhelmed and overwrought and they give you this child and they're like, fix my kid. You obviously do a little bit of work with them as well, because there's an interplay in that relationship between parent and child. So it's not all the child. What advice would you give that mother, the mother who's just feeling very frustrated with their child, um, lots of meltdowns, finding it really difficult, feeling like, because I do believe, and I see this in women's lives, they internalize this lie that they're the failure, that they're the problem, or that the child is the problem. So 
say we just land a woman on your doorstep today who's in the midst of this spin of feeling frustrated with her kid, what advice would you give to her? What can she actually do practically today to take a step to help herself? Well, I often recommend taking the questionnaire that I have on the sensory profile, but usually in just talking to the mother for 10 or 15 minutes, she will be giving me clues of some, you know, a sensory thing that might be with her child and also a sensory thing with her of when this happens or what frequency this occurs in a certain environment that alerts me to her sensitivity. So then I can say, okay, based on you being, you know, hearing, I want you to, you know, not when your child is screaming with their three other siblings and it reaches a level that you want, like you feel like your head's going to blow off instead of reaching, you know, yelling and getting in the mix. I want you to walk out of the room, give yourself a couple minutes to reset your nervous system. And then you can come back in as the mom and be in a more calm place to, you know, break up the squibbling, the, um, Uh, squabbling from the siblings and it's amazing how quickly with one or two tools they can operate from from there they can recognize oh I think you're right I actually do this is the thing Mm -hmm. or if I go to any type of movie or a conference or when I walk through the airport I'm so like my eyes hurt I'm always covering my eyes And so I'm like, okay, you're visually sensitive. Let's think of a couple ways that we can take some of that stimulation and that exhaustion, that draining off of your body. And that always helps them parent better. If if a woman is in the workplace, okay, what are two things we could do to help you? And so you don't have to go to the Um, huge convention center, if you're visually going to get overloaded, let's tell your boss, I'm going to show up for one hour. I'm going to do two of these things online from the quiet, um, you know, hotel room. And so we can set her up to, to have success in a way that feels right to her. Mm -hmm. And so an overwhelmed mom is very quickly or overwhelmed woman, very quickly kind of understand she's not failing. This is a behavior thing, hers and anybody else's that's in her world. And so from there, they feel like, oh, well, this isn't a personal mind thing that I'm doing wrong. This is just how my body's made. And it is because everybody's body is made like this. So if you ask your husband, maybe you know your husband's sensitivities or um, smell is a big one. Somebody goes into, you know, a food festival. They're like, oh my gosh, that's way too strong. Mm. Or somebody's perfume can make somebody really sick. Mm. And so once you know those sensitivities, instead of thinking, oh, my husband is being a jerk. He will not go to this thing with me. No, you walk into the room with him and you're like, oh my goodness, somebody's perfume. And so your husband gives you a look and you're like, I got it because his sense of smell, it doesn't work for him. So you're not mad at him because you understand him. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a better way of relating and 
I find that my kids set me up all the time because they know my sensitivities. Don't worry, mom, you don't have to go in there. It's going to be noisy and crazy. I'll run in and get brother and then come back out. Mm -hmm. And, and, and people, you know, God designed us to want to contribute to the good of each other. And so this is a way that you can be set up if you manage people in the workforce. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to take this questionnaire on your senses. And once you know your team's sensitivities, you can set them up for success. You can support them. You know what they need and don't need. And that's huge to have a boss who's like, oh, I get it. I cannot do the outdoor music fest. That will hurt my ears. We'll, we'll cover it because then you don't feel wrong. You don't feel like I'm being a less than employee. Your boss sees you, understands you, and is able to work within those parameters. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you picked up on there is just seeking to understand we, but we need to understand ourselves first. I know there's an office I went into once to do some training and on the windows of each of the workers was the Clifton Strengths list, their top five strengths. So when you walked in, you immediately knew what these people, like their, what their strengths were, what they're operating in. And so it's quite insightful. I find it really, really helpful to to do those things. I remember doing a personality inventory and a gifts assessment years ago. And I was like, whoa, that just describes me. And then there was this insight that came where I could see these clues to talent that have been there throughout my whole life. And then where I really should, the direction I should go in, in terms of my own flourishing and stepping into God's plan and, and purpose for my life. So I think that insight is really, really important. It's, it's fantastic. Yes. And, and the senses, it, it can be an instant um, fix because we're all, you know, we're all affected by our senses all the time. So it can have such a big impact yeah. in your family, in your workplace, wherever you are, just knowing just that little bit of information about each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Kelly, where can people go to find you and to find, to do this sensory profile? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y-K-Shoop, S-H-O-U-P. And in my link tree there, you can click to get the sensory profile and then how to read what your results are. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, Kelly for Kids OT, um, or at my website, www.kellykshoop.com. Fantastic. Um, I'll put all those links in the show notes, but you've also got a community, don't you, that women can come and join where you walk alongside women. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that is one of the, um, the most important things for women. We are very much, um, we need the community of other women. We need the, um, the oxytocin and the chemicals and the dopamine and all these things that we get from being in community with women and hearing their ideas and learning from them. And so it's, um, I offer a membership where we're gonna, um, I do a live coaching call every week. We learn from each other. Women are, you know, we 
are so great at gathering all the information. We store it all. And so they learn from each other, listening to, okay, that person had a problem with this. Okay, I'm going to get that because I'm going to need that two years from now. So it can be so much easier. We can find support and comfort knowing we're not alone. And um, so, yeah, it is, it's so fun. I love it. Fantastic. So where can they go to find that community in on your website as well? Yes. Yeah. And that's called the empowered parent membership. Yes. And there's also some other resources there in regard to occupational therapy things. So they will find the sensory profile. They'll find help with kind of power struggles, some um, good information. And managing anger. That's another one, isn't it? So managing Mm -hmm. anger as a parent and saw that on your Instagram page I thought that's a good one (laughs) yes yeah it's it's all it's funny because it seems like every parent is like I must be the only one going through this and because I've been doing this for over 20 years I'm like no this is so normal and they immediately feel this relief like oh really I'm not the only one I'm like no this is completely normal and it's also normal healthy growth and development for your child So a lot of times they're like, I don't like this behavior. I'm like, I know, but it's actually the behavior we want. Like it's age appropriate, stage appropriate. So we need to shift it a little bit, but we'd be in much bigger trouble if we didn't have this behavior. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden that change is like, oh, okay, I want this behavior. I don't like it, but it again, gives them relief that they know, okay, well, I am parenting. Okay. I think the biggest, the underlying question is, I don't want to be, I don't want to fail at parenting. This has meaning and purpose. God wired that into us as parents. And so that's the ultimate thing is, oh, I can't fail at this. And I'm like, you're not. There's so many, again, God gives us grace to, we can get there so many different ways, but nobody gives us a book on parenting and So we don't know what we don't know until we find out from somebody who's like, oh, this is totally normal. Okay. Absolutely. I think that is so important that so many people are, particularly in this COVID world that we're living in, have become so isolated. And I think the enemy loves to pick us off and keep us isolated because then that's when he really can get to us and embed those lies and have us spinning in confusion and these untruths about ourselves. And so I think these elements of community and the online communities have become so important during these times. So hats off to you, Kelly, for the wonderful work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was helping a woman today who actually lives in Canada. She has COVID. She has four kids and was beating herself up because she's feeling sick and felt like she was giving her kids too much screen time. And I, I said, you are sick. You need to heal. You're fine. And again, just also reminding her like, that is not God speaking to you. If you are feeling an urgency, you know, um, condemnation. I was like, that's the enemies trying to tell you you're a bad mom, but you're actually a really good mom. Your kids are fine. You need rest. You, I want, always want moms to um, take care of themselves. And I also want moms to 
to show their best self to their kids, to their spouse, and to not sacrifice till there's nothing left of them. I want all of their, everybody in their life to see who they are at their best. And so moms are usually like, what, what does that look like? Hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to figure that out because that's who you are. So yeah. Beautiful. So important. And thanks, Kelly. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Such a good conversation. And and yes, if women are struggling with parenting or want to understand themselves a little bit better, I really encourage you to go and check out Kelly's work. Well, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kelly and it gave you something to take away, maybe to take before the Blessed Sacrament and really to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas in your life where he is calling you to greater insight and growth so you can show up in the lives of those that you're called to do life with, with greater intention and purpose. In today's conversation, we picked up on the need to really develop routines and rhythms in our life that will set us up to flourish. And so ladies, if you are struggling with this area of your life, can I invite you to join us inside the Catholic Women's Masterclass. The doors are now open and we will be kicking off in just over a week with our next cohort of ladies to go through this life-changing four-month program where we really deep dive into what it means to establish a rhythm of rest, how you can be restored in your life, looking at your key relationships, and finally taking a look and an inventory of what your gifts are and how you can activate those gifts in service, mission and contribution. So to find out more, there's a link in the show notes or you can visit our website www.geniusproject.co. Ladies, if you've liked what you've heard on the Genius Podcast, can I invite you to share the link with your friends, to leave a review on our podcast platform. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel, please subscribe so you can receive notification when a new episode or new videos have dropped into the Genius Project YouTube channel. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week. God bless you. And we'll see you back next week on the Genius Podcast.